Well, Father, thank you for the blessings of being your children. We just thank you, Father, that you have created every one of us in your image. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we just bless your holy name today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Father of glory. The Father of what? Glory. glory. Who is glory? Christ is the glory. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The very image of the Father is Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on your thinking today. <clears throat> First, I'm going to read some things here. And then I'm going to read Ephesians and, and the Passion Bible. Did Jesus Christ visit the earth only because Adam and all his seed had sinned? Good thought. God's eternal purpose and plan was that his son should visit the earth, become incarnate, and thereby make possible a vital union between himself and man. Was it God's plan for his son to visit the earth even if Adam had never sinned? We have been so sin conscious and allowed a redemptive conscience to overshadow some of God's divine purpose. We must see our incarnation and redemptive consciousness in the light of the eternal purpose of God. Before God was a creator, he was the eternal father. Let me say that again. I got goosebumps. Before God was a creator, he was an eternal father. God left his father imprint on all of creation. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians, I think it's in Ephesians chapter 3. Let me read it in. The, okay. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, there it is. Ephesians 3, verse 11, according to his eternal purpose, which he has purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, verse 11, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom... The whole family of heaven and earth is named. The whole fatherhood, the whole family comes from the father. Apart from the father, there is no fathers. Every family in heaven and earth gets its name from God the father. Okay, now I want, after reading that, I want you to keep that in mind as I read here in Ephesians. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, out of the Passion. Dear friends, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy, made holy by being one with Jesus, the Anointed One. May God himself, the Heavenly Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total wellness into your lives. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavishly poured upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. My Lord, I can go home now. Let me read that. Every spiritual blessing in heaven and realms, heavenly realm has already been lavishly upon, poured upon us as a love gift 
from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before they laid the foundation of the universe. Did you catch that? And he chose us to be his very own. Was God's eternal purpose just for redemption to get us back where we needed to be? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, Jesus was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So get that out of the way. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Catch that. No redemptive consciousness. For it was always his perfect plan. Catch this. Always. To adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So that this tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And Jesus said in John 17 that you show them that you love them the same way you love me. And that they may be one. And this unfolding plan brings, his, brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasure of redemption of his blood. Total cancellation of our sins, all because of his cascading riches of his grace. Oh, my gosh. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom, practical understanding, all through the revelation of the anointed one. He unveiled this secret, his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan. The what? Hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages really reach its climax. Oh, when God makes all things new in all heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Now you realize, you go through Romans, it talks about the whole redemptive thing that we needed. You get in Ephesians, it's all about God's purpose before the redemption was even needed. God's original purpose for us before the foundation of the world. You know, if you could get out of that and understand this is what the exchange is all about to get you in a new framework of thinking. The old things have passed away and all things have become what? New and all things are of God. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. We are his inheritance. Get that. Say, I'm his inheritance. He has put all his giftings and blessings in us and claimed us as his own. Oh, through our union with Christ, we have been claimed by God as his own inheritance before we were even born. He gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to long for the Messiah's hope would be the first to believe in the anointed one and bring great praise and glory to God. 
Because of him, you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth. You believe the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is giving to us like engagement rings is, is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of the future inheritance, which sealed until we have the redemption's promise, experienced complete freedom from all the supreme glory and honor of God. Whew. Wonderful. Is that wonderful? I mean, you could just, uh, let me read a little more. Because of this, since I heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your tender love toward his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you. As I constantly remember you in my prayer, I pray that the Father of glory, do you see how many times he's talking about, he wants to get the Father concept in us. So God was a Father before he was a creator. Get that. Everything he created was in light of his fatherhood. See? I don't think in the scriptures, he said, if your father and your mother forsake you, I'll take you up. Don't worry about it. I'll be your father. He is the father of all fathers. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of the Lord Jesus, would impart to you the riches of his spirit of wisdom and the revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Do you know God's purpose? It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you were called, called, invited. Remember the message? By whom you were invited into the fellowship of his son. We've been invited into the intimacy. That word there for fellowship is koinonia, and it means communion. It means intimacy. You were called into the intimacy of his son, the fellowship. And in 1 John, it says that, that uh, what does it say in 1 John? Somebody tells me what it says in 1 John. It says that, that we were called into the fellowship of, his father, of the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we were called for. God had fellowship with Adam and Eve before they fell. God wants fellowship with us. He created us for his glory and for his fellowship. That's why it's so important for us to understand. I pray the light of God will illuminate your eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, invitation. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Whew. That's awesome. And I, I looked over here in chapter 2, and of his fullness, and his fullness fills you, even though you were once corpses, dead in your sins. I told the pastors, I said, we didn't die with Jesus on the cross. We were dead as a hammer. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We didn't die. He died our death for us so we could live his life. We were already dead. Say, I was already dead. Already dead. Now I'm alive forevermore. He made us alive, raised us up, seated us. I, I was telling Kent, you know, it's, it's, when, when Jesus said in John 6, he said, if any man believeth into me, he says, let's just read it. I want to read it. In a, I'm sorry. I just can't help it. Let me see what the passion says. John 6. I'll have to memorize this thing or put it in my spirit so I don't have to turn to all these places. That'll give me something to do for the next 50 years. 
John 6, 43, Jesus responded, Stop your grumbling. The only way people come to me is by the Father who sent me. He pulls on their hearts and embraces me. He pulls on their hearts. And those are drawn to me. And I will raise him up at the last day. I will what? When he rose, who rose with him? Catch it. The last day he's going to pull us all up. When did he do that? 2,000 years ago. When he rose, we rose. But he says he will draw me. He said no one can come to me except the Father. Draw me. And you know in the Greek that word means drag. Drag. He'll pull you up. The Holy Ghost, when he rose, he pulled you up with him. That pull pulls you in to you within him with heavenly places in Christ right now. It pulls you up. I saw it early this morning. It's like a magnet. And, you know, every time it says that Christ is in you, ten times it says you're in him. And that pull is ten times stronger for you to be in him than it is for him to be in you. It's like a pull that you, it, you leave skid marks all the way because he's dragging you along wherever you want to go. You make your man your plans, but he directs your paths. Skid marks all the way through the kingdom. That's how much he loves you. It's incredible. Hallelujah. That's why it says Paul starts out his letter to the Ephesians with the eternal father, not the fall of man. He also indicates that God's purpose was before the foundation of the world. We were chose us in him, Ephesians 1, 4, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, in Christ Jesus. Now see, the key word is what? In Christ. All of this is made available to us through his son. Like Janice said a while ago, there is nothing made available to us apart from his son. In Christ, we have all the fullness of God because his plan was, oh man, watch my knee. The eternal purpose is something in the mind of God from eternity concerning his son. And it's obvious, its objective is that the son should have a body to express his life in. Viewed from that standpoint, from the standpoint of the heart of God, the church is something which is beyond sin and has never been touched by sin. That's the new creation. It's not who you were, it's who you are. So we have an aspect of death of the Lord Jesus in Ephesians, which we have so clearly, we don't have in other places. And he talks about in, in Romans where it's about our redemption that he gave us. Says thus, the aspect of death of the Lord, which is altogether positive. It's a positive matter, not a negative matter. Now look here. We could say that Adam was put to sleep because Eve had committed a serious sin. No, Eve hadn't committed anything. He says, Eve had committed. A, is that a, all right, certainly not? For Eve was not yet created. There was not yet a moral issue involved, and no problem at all with Eve. No. Adam was put to sleep for the express purpose that something might be taken out of him to be formed into something else. You get in the picture? So Jesus died to make us something else. Not a sinner saved by grace. That is what is taught. His sleep was not for her sin, but for her existence. That is what is taught in the verse. This experience of Adam had its object in creation in Eve as something determined in divine counsels of God. God wanted a woman. 
He put a man to sleep, took a rib from his side, and made a woman, and brought her to the man. That is the picture which God has given us. Woo! It foreshadows an aspect of the death of Lord Jesus that's not primary for atonement, but is an answerable to the sleep of Adam. When Jesus bowed his head and gave up the ghost, God forbid that I should suggest that the Lord did not die for our atonement. Praise God he did. But we must remember that today we are in Ephesians, not in Genesis. Ephesians was written after the fall. To men had suffered its effect, and we have not only the purpose in creation, but also the, the stars of the fall, or we would have need to mention about a spot or wrinkle he talks about in Ephesians, because we're still on earth. The fall is a historic fact. Redemption was needed, but we must always review, view redemption as an interruption, an emergency measure made necessary by the fall of man. Okay, and he's saying, God... What God wanted. For God has never forsaken his purpose which he presented with Adam. Never in the possession of the life of God without the tree of life. And he says, for this very purpose, that's why Jesus was put to sleep. You get this? You get in the picture? I can't read it all. It's too much. We'd be all day. It says, Eve was not created as a separate entity, a separate creation parallel of Adam. Adam slept, Eve was created out of man. That is God's message with the church and the second man. He has awakened from his sleep. His church is created in him and for him to draw her life out of him in the resurrection. God has a son, his only begotten son. And that's the reason we are here today. When Jesus died, he created a bride without spot or wrinkle. Oh, come on now. I'm glad I found what's beneath this morning. We've heard this before, haven't we? Hey, you getting it? I mean, his love for us was far exceeded the fall of Adam. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, it says, God says God declaring the end from the beginning. And Brother Wayne and their pastors, he says it once in a while. That God finished it before he started it. Declaring the end from the beginning. God had it all planned out before he ever started it. That's incredible. And that's God's love for us. We're not just a hindsight. We were created before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. That's awesome. All of this we see is determined in God's heart, not because of the fall, but before creation of the world, according as he has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1, 6. In Ephesians 3, we read it a while ago. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. In Colossians 1, 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of this glory among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul later pointed out that because of man's fall, we needed redemption in Christ. We did that. But can you see how the whole church and whole world has focused on Adam and the fall and redemption and made it all about our consciousness and redemption? It wasn't just about that. It was necessary because Adam and Eve blew it. But that was not God's purpose for that. That was just a, a stopgap to put us back where and start over. And, and 
I'm telling you, this start over is a lot more important than we realize. We're going to see more and more on that as the days go forward, I tell you for sure. Because the old things have passed away, and behold, some things have become new. Everything? What does everything mean? I mean, the old covenant's over, and the new covenant's here, and the last Adam is dead, and the second man has started with a whole new creation of sons and daughters. He was the la- first begotten, last begotten, and he was the f- first begotten of many more. That's us. Many more sons and daughters. And he's bringing us into the same glory that the Father had. The glory you've given me, I have given them to make them one. To make them what? One. See, that's what God's purpose for us. Don't even go there to think of sin consciousness or sin. By one offering, Jesus took care of your sin forever and started a whole new thing. I'm telling you, if I don't get you on shouting ground, you, something wrong with you. Uh. Okay. Finally, the apostle brings us to see the goal toward for the Father is working. He says, finally, the apostle brings us to see that the goal toward which the Father is working, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, fullness of what, John? The fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's ultimate purpose. Christ came to the earth to die on the cross for man's redemption. His coming includes a far more far-reaching purpose to share himself through a vital union with man, a blending of the human and divine. When we see this, then we understand Paul's starting place was not to fall, but with the, before the foundation of the world. The Father. See, before God was a creator, he was the Father. Eternal Father. That's why fatherhood is so important to realize that every family gets its name from the Father. In all creation, the Father is is in that creation that he made. The incarnation was not an emergency issue because of man's defection. Adam's fall in no way altered God's eternal purpose that all things should find their their summation in his son, Christ Jesus. And that's when it says, because of our low conception of God's purpose, the redemptive consciousness is that it makes sin and redemption necessary. And the enemy has caused us to focus on sin and its necessity. And, and as long as he can keep you sin conscious, you're not righteousness conscious. But when Jesus died, just like Adam, Jesus had to die so that his bride could come out of that resurrected life to be raised into a new life. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it's going to make alive and it's going to draw your mortal body. When he rose, you rose. Say, when he rose, I rose. I will raise him up. Distance or delay, John? Is it now or the future? I believe we're already seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. I like that. Mm. Okay. This is why 
Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 9, that God has saved us and he's called us with a holy calling or invitation, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and his grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. When was it given? If he saved you, he saved you for a purpose. And it's not what you purposed, but what I'm telling you, not just for some people. Somebody's sitting there thinking, yeah, it's good for you, but I didn't get any of that. No, sir. No. Every per- God is not willing that any should perish. How many is any? Any. And he says the gifts and the invitation of God are without repentance. Every invitation of God is for every single person. But you have to take the invitation. You've got to take it. And, and you see what he's saying there, that invitation of God. It's, it's for every person. God who saved us and called us with that holy invitation, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ <clears throat> before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The good news, Isaiah 53, he covered it all. Spirit, soul, and body. We've been exchanged into the very... That's why Second Peter chapter 1 is so important. He's given us all these exceeding great and precious promises so that we can be a partaker of his divine nature. <coughs> I'm going to have a drink, but I'm not going to say that other word. <coughs> you can have a drink too. Okay. Man, that's good stuff. That's why we have the three frames of exchange through Isaiah. Spirit, soul, and body. Started with the soul. Why? Because Adam and Eve sinned with their soul first. Mind, will, and emotion. She saw it was good, pleasant to the eyes, and, and did something to be desired. And what was it that caused her to do that? Her will. It was her will that she chose to do that. <clears throat> That's why Jesus had to start in the garden with now is my soul exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And he says, Father, not my will. If it be possible, let this cup pass. But not my will. Your will be done. And Jesus took our will in the garden, our soul, so he could exchange us so we could have a new soul. New mind, new will, new emotion. That was, that's the purpose of, of the garden for us. Here we see a manifestation God, you know, the, the whole creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. Well, we're here. The, the, all creation is just waking, waiting for us to wake up and see what we already have and do something about it. Amen. You know, Jesus said he's going to reign until he's put all enemies under his footstool. Well, he's already put all in his enemies. You name me something that's not under his foot. What's left? Can Satan do whatever he wants to? I think Jesus is ahead of some principalities and powers. All? What does all include? All? That means Satan and all his whole cohorts are in subjection to the Father. He cannot do one thing unless he has permission. Peter, Saul, he says, he says, uh, said to him, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you 
because you've gone back to who you were instead of who you are, that your faith will not fall. After you've converted and go back to Peter and not Simon, strengthen your brethren. Satan can't touch you as long as you're in your exchange position. The only way he can touch you is when he can pull you away through the old thinking. Pull you away into old thinking. Just a few more weary days. Sin, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Do the best you can. D- do the best you can. Do your best and let Christ do the rest. I heard that on the radio coming here the other day. You do your best and let Christ do the rest. No. Holy Spirit said God gave his best so you could rest. That's what you need to remember. God gave his best so you could rest. That's the redemption message. That's called the gospel, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is Christ in you. Are you in Christ, the hope of glory? Okay, that's a good stopping point. I believe I've got enough to make it another week. Or two. Isn't this awesome stuff? You know, Father's Day ought to mean so much more to all of us. Fathers, you know we have such a responsibility. He's put a lot in us, hasn't he? Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord has truly blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And Lord, he's caused his face to shine upon us and has been good to us. And, and he's given us every spiritual blessing in his son. And he calls us sons. You've been blessed as sons and daughters of the Father. And I thank you, Father, that we are not going to be moved from that place that you've called us to. We thank you and we bless you for this Father's Day. That's, we bless you above everything else, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. <laughs>